Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network, getting you guys ready for the national championship this Monday. It's your friend, it's your co-host, it's the guy that's going to be on stage lifting the trophy with Max Duggan. It's Andrew Zimmel hanging out with you, and this is it. This is the premier podcast. This is one we've been waiting for all week. It's the game preview of the national championship against the Georgia Bulldogs. If you would have told me in August of this year, if you would have hit me up and said, Andrew, TCU, book it, January 9th, 2023, they're not only will be playing for, but winning the national championship, I would have called you crazy. This is a team that was unranked. Everybody this week has written their Cinderella story articles. Everyone who doubted TCU going to the Fiesta Bowl is writing about how, well, the TCU Horn Frogs, do they have a shot? People are saying that the ratings are going to be the worst for national championship maybe ever because TCU's quote small market because TCU's a quote small school playing in a power five conference winning power five games making teams like Michigan look silly on the field here we are let's go into it so we're going to break down the game we got to talk about TCU offense versus the Georgia defense then we'll flip it TCU defense and the Georgia offense and then the coaching battle that I am most excited to see and then of course keys to the game so let's get into it TCU offense, the thing that has brought the tickets. This is the thing that you come to see. Max Duggan, Quincy Johnson, Condre Miller, right? These are the guys that you're coming to see. TCU was able to score five, count them, five offensive touchdowns against Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. Three of those came on the ground, which, again, kind of surprising. Did not expect to see TCU run the ball as well as they did against Michigan. But Garrett Riley and that offensive staff, they said, you know what? Michigan, they're going to want to smash mouth football. They're going to want to run the football. Let's flip the script on them. What if we ran the football? Ran it for three TDs, 263 yards. And Michigan, they had the number one rush defense in the country coming into that game. The number three rush defense averaging 85.2 yards per game. So TCU came in. They had it on the bulletin board all week. On the whiteboard, they said, look, they're giving up 85 yards per game. We're going to have a rusher that rushes for over 100 yards, and our quarterback's going to rush for 50, okay? That is where we're at. Here's the thing. Georgia's defense, the number one rush defense in the country, they've only allowed 77 yards per game and only five rushing touchdowns on the season. So if TCU makes it happen in this game on the ground, that will not only be a huge win in the battle of momentum, but it'll be one of the biggest wins of the season for any offensive team in, in the country. If Garrett Riley can figure this out, like I've said on previous podcasts, I want this coaching staff intact as long as humanly possible. Now, I trust Sonny Dykes, and I trust TCU to make the right coaching hires. But let's be honest here. This coaching staff is one of the best ever if they can get this job done. If they come up with a game plan to beat the defending national champions and the number one seed in the playoffs, the Georgia Bulldogs, they deserve all the credit in the world. And right now, same with Michigan, how they wrote on the the whiteboard, they're only allowing this many yards per game. How do we supplant that? How do we surpass that? How do we blow that out of the water? They watched film all week. Now, I will say, and we kind of chalked it up a little bit against uh, Michigan. I was saying that you know you have a long break between the Big 12 championship and then playing Michigan. You you have this kind of space where you can watch film, you can get healthy. That does not exist between the Fiesta Bowl and the National Championship for TCU. So hopefully the game plan is there and set up 
for a uh, TCU run game win. Now, Ohio State, they rushed for 119 yards on Georgia, 3.7 yards per carry. This is the player to watch on the Georgia defense. It's defensive tackle and future first-round selection, Jalen Carter. This is a player all season. If you're just tuning in for the national championship, if you're a TCU fan that didn't watch the Fiesta Bowl, did not watch any of the other games that TCU played this year, and you're just coming in for the national championship, that is the one name you need to know on the Georgia defense. It's Jalen Carter. He's the headline. He's the front line for that Georgia trench. He's compiled 30 tackles, seven tackles for losses, and three sacks for the Bulldogs, who have the fifth-ranked scoring defense at 14.8 points per game. They force turnovers, and then they score on them. Nobody, and I mean nobody, offense, defense, special teams, coaching staff, nobody is as good as Jalen Carter is at the game of football. He is an athletic specimen. He is what many of us would call an athletic freak. Okay, this guy is special, special, special. Nobody on Michigan, nobody TCU has played all year is as good as Jalen Carter. He might be the best player TCU's faced. I'm not going to say ever because there's been a couple of good players that TCU's faced. He's the best defensive player that they've seen in the last five years. That's how good Jalen Carter is. George's defense is best on third down. That's going to be something you want to remember when we talk keys of the game. To 27% on third down conversions. So a little bit more than one out of four third downs opponents are able to convert. The one aspect of the game that Georgia has struggled in, the only aspect of the game that Ohio State was able to really benefit from was the passing game, where C.J. Stroud, the uh, future first-round draft pick out of Ohio State, threw for 348 yards and four touchdowns against the Bulldogs. Now, Max Duggan had one of his worst games of the season against Michigan. 14-29, 225 yards, two TDs, as well as two interceptions. But we mentioned it on previous podcasts. we got to mention it here again. i got to defend my Heisman candidate. Mad Max, those interceptions were not on him. Duggan was throwing the ball to the receivers. The ball was popping out of their hands, going all over the place. There was a couple drops as well on that completion percentage, a little bit over 50%. Those are numbers that... I do not think we're a testament to what or how talented Max Duggan is. I think it is more a testament to the big stage. Some of those receivers are going to have to work in practice coming into this game. If they if they want to win this game, it's going to be on the receivers making plays. And finally, on the Georgia defense, and a benefit to a benefit to TCU is the fact that the Bulldogs have had challenges holding other talented receivers in check. Quinn Johnson was named the offensive MVP of the Fiesta Bowl for good reasons. Six balls caught, 163 yards, and a touchdown in the TCU win. He just torched the uh, Michigan defense, especially on the blitz. That is something that I'm going to be very curious to see if Georgia does. Michigan went all-out blitz, tried to take the ball out of Max Duggan's hands a lot of times, right? Duggan, offensive line, wide receivers, everybody was able to pick up on that about midway through the second quarter going into the second half. They knew where the blitz was coming from. They knew that if there was going to be a corner blitz or a safety blitz, Duggan had to get the ball out of his hand quickly, which he's able to do. If Georgia decides to blitz, go all-out blitz on TCU, then I expect a similar result. Duggan's not a schlacker. He's going to be able to throw the ball around the field if you let him. And if Georgia allows that to happen, that's going to be their downfall. I more anticipate the Bulldogs and Kirby Smart to kind of sit back on defense They're going to have a good pass rush. They're going to try to stop the running game first. 
If they force TCU to throw the ball, that is where Georgia's defense wants TCU. It's going to come if the Horn Frogs can run the ball well in the first half and establish a lead early. Then, of course, they have an inside track to win this game. Let's move over. TCU defense versus the Georgia offense. Now, I am not impressed by the Bulldogs' offense. I'm not impressed by Stetson Bennett either. TCU's defense, they were just good enough to hold on to the Fiesta Bowl for a six-point win. Two pick sixes was what the difference was between a win and a loss, and that's a shout-out to that secondary. They were able to beat J.J. McCarthy. I think the secondary did an excellent, excellent job on the Michigan wide receivers and in the Michigan passing game. I would argue Georgia's running game, head and shoulders better than Michigan's. Georgia's passing game, I think, might be a little bit worse than Michigan's. 527 total yards, 25 first downs for the Wolverines. Michigan was 3 of 13 for third down conversions and 0 of 2 on fourth down conversions, one of those in the red zone trying to attempt a touchdown on that first drive. TCU was able to keep him out of the end zone. Stetson Bennett, the mailman is what they call him. That is what he uh, famously wore a hat to a quarterback camp wearing the U.S. Postal Service. They call him the mailman also because he delivers for Georgia. Stetson Bennett had one of the best individual performances of the season. And I know I just said I wasn't impressed by Stetson Bennett as a total resume. This one, this one game, I do not think reflects on how good he is. Two hundred or uh, 398 yards, three TDs, one interception for Bennett in that game against Ohio State. I said this before the Michigan game. I told you, TCU is a different type of team than Michigan or Ohio State. Ohio State has struggled in the secondary all year long. Michigan torched them at the shoe earlier this season. TCU was able to beat Michigan secondary. I think that the secondary for TCU is much better than whatever Ohio State was going to throw on the field against Bennett and the Bulldogs. And perhaps Georgia's greatest strength is the trenches. Yeah, the trenches where the Bulldog offensive line has only allowed nine sacks all season. They also open up the holes for the running backs. And that is one thing that makes Georgia unique in college football to almost every other team. Every other team, if the passing game isn't working or the running game isn't working, offensive coordinators in 2022-2023 now, they decide to go to the short passing game. They'll try to do a design quarterback run. They might lean back on some halfback draws. What Georgia does when the passing game isn't working is they run the ball. When the running game isn't working, they run the ball harder. Okay, They're the only team in college football that leans on the running game as heavily. There's no other team that leans on it as heavily as Georgia does. If TC wants to win this game on defense, that is the key. Michigan's offensive line, the, quote, Big Ten powerful guys, that smash-mouth football. There was a couple times where the cracks showed in the TCU defense, the 3-3-5 that works really good in passing games, in running situations. It's been known as a concept not to work. We don't have any proof, though, so far in the playoffs. So far in the playoffs, it's looking pretty good. Okay, So if TCU is able to establish a line of scrimmage and able to kind of force Georgia into bad third down situations, right? Like if you can keep Georgia out of short third down situations, you are in a very good spot because third and short is where this Georgia team is going to eat TCU alive if given the opportunity. Moving on now to the coaching, the coaching, which I 
have circled because I think it's an underrated, underreported, under-talked about thing. And maybe it's because of my affinity for Sunny Dykes and my dislike for uh, Georgia coaches. Kirby Smart, in particular, I'm not a super big fan of. Not for anything off the field. I think he's a very nice guy off the field. Not in recruiting. I think he's a very good recruiter. Not in the press. He does a really good job at SEC Media Day. But on the field, in between the lines, that is where I have a problem with Kirby Smart. Because for the longest time, before the national championship, I had a nickname for Kirby Smart. You want to hear it? The nickname for Kirby Smart that I gave him was Kirby Not-So-Smart. Because he did not-so-smart things on the football field as a head coach. Time management. Defensive situations. Keeping the ball in the quarterback's hands maybe a little bit too long when there needs to be a quarterback change midway through the season. He's not a good head coach. This season in particular, there's been a couple times where Georgia's talent, last year too, where the talent was able to solve some of those managerial managerial problems that Kirby Smart might have. Okay, This is the biggest game Kirby Smart is playing in his career. This is not the SEC championship game where he beat LSU. This is not the SEC championship game where he beat Alabama. This isn't the playoff games where he was able to just take every team and just Put him in the dirt, okay? This is a game against TCU, the first true Cinderella story in college football history. Unranked to winning a playoff game to now being in the national championship. This is the first Cinderella story in college football. This is a team led by a guy that wasn't even a starter to start the season in Max Duckett. This is a head coach who's in his first season running a Power 5 team like TCU. Sonny Dykes was at SMU. Name brand group of five school. Okay, they have never played a game this big. The national championship is on the line, and Kirby Smart is going to have to figure out a way to coach through it. But to be completely fair, to be completely honest, to transparent with you, I was impressed by Kirby Smart with uh, the play that he called against Ohio State with the fake punt. It's a well-timed timeout. You know, not a lot of coaches would have done it. The fake punt worked for Ohio State. They called the timeout, and then Ohio State couldn't run the play again. I give him credit for that. I think that he did a really good job maybe out-coaching Ryan Day a little bit in some situations, but not for the whole game. Ryan Day was a better coach. Ohio State just didn't have the talent. They didn't have the kicker to beat Georgia. If they had a kicker, they would be playing TCU, not Georgia. Sandy Dykes has built one of the best coaching staffs in the country, taking guys from SMU as well as assistants from across the country. If this game on Monday turns into a chess match with, I'm going to say right now, as we're recording a couple days before the national championship, if this game turns into a chess match, you heard it here first because I think that's what it's going to be. I don't think this is going to be Georgia rolling over TCU, and I don't think this is going to be TCU getting to be or David against Goliath, beating Georgia on the first play, and then just running the ball the entire time and running away with the game. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth hard-fought game that's going to take coaching strategy, that's going to take executed plays. I don't, I'd even say there might be a couple trick plays in here. Okay, I'll go on a limb and say TCU might have to pull something out of the bag early against Georgia. I hope not too early. I hope Dykes has, uh, has faith in his guys, faith in the script, but would not be shocked if we saw a situation like Michigan did with the Philly special on the first offensive play or offensive drive. Would not be shocked if TCU went in their bag a little earlier than normal trying to outmaneuver Georgia. 
If it comes down into a chess match, I have more faith in Sonny Dykes than I do in Kirby Smart, who has been known to struggle with clock management, who has been known to struggle with gameplay, who had a lead on Alabama in a playoff game and then had Tua Tungavailoa come in as a backup and beat them in the fourth quarter. Okay, good coaches don't let that happen. Great coaches don't let that situation even come on the radar. I don't think Kirby Smart is either one of those things. And with two national championships, if he wins on Monday, he would be in that same class, the same category as the Nick Sabins, the Dabo Sweeney's of the world. And I don't think that he's there. And that's another reason why I think TCU will be the team that comes out on top on Monday. It's just I don't have any faith in Kirby Smart. Jalen Carter is incredible on defense. And Stetson Bennett, he can get the job done every day except Sunday. Okay? Good thing this game is getting played on Monday. Uh, the mailman delivers. I just don't trust their head coach. The other thing is Garrett Riley versus Will Muschamp and uh, Glenn Schumann. Okay? Will Muschamp, you might remember him, defensive coordinator at Texas for a couple of national championships and uh, was the head coach at Florida. Glenn Schumann, I did not know before I looked it up. He's a co-defensive coordinator with Will Muschamp. And I'd like to think that, you know, he takes a lot of credit here. But, you know, name brand, I think Muschamp is going to get a lot of the credit, a lot of the blame if things go sideways for Georgia on Monday. This is the biggest matchup of the game between these two coaches, Garrett Riley and Will Muschamp. Because if Riley's offensive game plan is as good and it gets past Will Muschamp, this is one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. If Garrett Riley can figure out a way to shake off the Riley name and bring some respect to it after what Lincoln Riley did to it at the uh, Cotton Bowl, if Garrett Riley can find a way to not only make a game plan that works to get a couple yards here and there, but a game plan that can win him the game against Will Muschamp and the Georgia defense, then he deserves to be a head coach somewhere else. His game plan is going to have to be nearly flawless, though, uh, if the Horned Frogs want to come away with a national championship. Because the minute that there's a mistake, the minute that there's a mistake, I think Georgia's going to pounce on it. So let's talk about it. Keys to the game. Here is your keys to the game for the TCU Horned Frogs to win the national championship. They're first in the college football playoff era. Early downs. Georgia is one of the best third down teams on defense, holding opponents to 27%. They have to win the early downs. Don't wait till third down to get a first down, okay? Don't wait till it's third and long to try to make a play with Max Duggan. If it's second and short, go for it. Always go for the first down, no matter what in this game, especially with Garrett Riley. you got to play aggressive. Red zone. Georgia's offense entered the red zone more than any other offense in college football. 52 trips to the red zone, scoring on 97% of those trips. 97% of the time that Georgia's in the red zone, they score. TCU did a really good job against Michigan in the red zone. They're going to have to recreate that against Georgia. Find ways to keep Georgia out of the red zone if you can, and in the red zone, you're really going to have to lock down. And pushing the ball downfield. Georgia's rush defense is first in the nation, but they were carved up by C.J. Stroud in Ohio State and against LSU in the SEC championship game. The pass defense is there. You can get by them. It's weak. TCU is going to have to push the ball downfield, convert early on downs, and in the red zone, keep Georgia out of it. I think the TCU has a really good shot at winning this game. To sum it up, I think TCU has a really good shot at winning this game. 
I think that the spread opening up at 14 and then now moving down to 12.5 makes me believe that a lot of you think the TCU has a really good shot at winning this game. It's going to take a lot. They're the number one ranked team in the nation for a reason. They're the defending national champions for a reason. I don't believe in Kirby Smart as a head coach. I do believe in him as a recruiter. I do believe in his talented players. There are some damn talented players on that Bulldog roster. If TCU is going to come away with this national championship, it's going to have to be similarly to the way they've won the Fiesta Bowl. Things are going to have to go right. You can't throw two interceptions if you're Max Duggan. You're going to have to find a way to get Condre Miller on the field at some point. You're going to have to get the balls to big play wide receivers like Quinn Johnston. You're going to have to put the ball in playmakers' hands if you're Garrett Riley in the offensive team. You're going to have to know situations if you're Sonny Dykes. If TCU wins this national championship, it will be one of the A, most memorable, and B, biggest upsets, quote-unquote, in college football history. It'll be one of the best turnarounds in college football history. And that's kind of what I want to end this podcast with. There's a lot of history for TCU football. And a lot of people this week have been talking about Gary Patterson, who was the head coach of this team for 20-plus years, who got TCU to the Big 12, who helped put some of the best TCU football players on the field, who recruited some of the best TCU football players, who put some of the best teams on the field, right? I think he deserves a little bit of credit. I think he deserves a little bit of credit for the team this season. Not all the credit. I think Sonny Dykes deserves the lion's share. But he deserves a piece of the pie. And getting here is a win for the Horn Frogs. Winning this championship would mean so much, so much to the alumni and to the fans of the Horn Frogs. So I'm going to give you a, a, a score prediction here. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think TCU comes out on top. Give me 41 to 35, TCU winning the national championship. That's going to do it for me here at the uh, Hypnotoad Podcast on the Harlan College Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you listen to the react of the national championship. We'll try to get that for you ASAP after the Horned Frogs win the title. I'll talk to you guys then.